0: Welcome to episode 35 of Finding Middle Path, a podcast about all things DBT, dialectical behavior therapy, and the resources around it. I'm your host, Rachel Jolstrom, and I am a licensed professional counselor in the Kansas City area. We see clients in person and online, so please check us out at findingmiddlepath.com. Now today we're gonna continue to talk and start to wrap up interpersonal effectiveness. So we're gonna talk about boundaries. And boundaries is not necessarily something you're gonna find in the DBT workbooks, yet it's something that goes hand in hand as a wonderful resource alongside the DBT skills. So I hope you stick with us as we talk all things boundaries. Well, Welcome back everyone. And thanks again for joining us for another episode. We appreciate you tuning in every Friday and we just love seeing the numbers increase. Again, it's another person that learns more and more about the DBT process. Again, I've told you from the beginning, I'm a lot like a DBT evangelist. And so it's exciting to see when people are starting to put the skills into practice. So as I mentioned earlier, we are going to be talking about boundaries. Now, what I'm going to review with you today is based off the principles of Dr. Cloud and John Townsend. So this this book is called Boundaries, and I think I've spoken on it before. Again, it's one of my top three resources I give out to clients or I tell clients to buy You can get it on Amazon. You can get it used books. It's been around forever. Um, And there's a red and white copy that is the one that I have. That's the newest one. And then there's an even older copy that's a blue one with a wall on it. And I think they changed it because the old copy had an example of a stone wall. And, of course, if you know anything about boundaries is that it is not a staunch black and white wall. And as we know, that's a lot of what we've been practicing in DBT. So this is a lot about flexible um, skills, flexible uh, just on both sides of things, and trying to find that middle path if all possible. Now, with boundaries, it is a lot about saying no. And for those of us who are very uncomfortable in saying no, we have just learned a lot of criteria in when to say yes and when to say no. And sometimes it's nice to have some other guidelines to go along with it. And so that's why I like to build off the principles that they have. So let's start to review some of those principles. And they call them laws, the 10 laws of boundaries. So the the first one that we see is the law of sowing and reaping. And this is simple. This is natural consequences. All actions lead to consequences always, no matter what it is. If I eat, I'm filled with nutrition. And if I overeat, I tend to gain weight, right? If I undersleep, I'm tired, I mean, the list goes on and on. We all are very aware that our actions have consequences. So in the thinking of boundaries, oftentimes we forget that when I start to let people encroach on my boundaries, then oftentimes they're not sowing what they're reaping. I'm sowing or I'm reaping what they're sowing, right? So for instance, um, if, They have forgotten to do something and they call me and they ask for help and I somehow rescue them. Now, as nice as that sounds and as rescuing as uh, behavior, as we all know, it's nice to be needed and it's nice to help out. That kind of behavior really starts to add up and we almost become the rescuer continuously and not letting the other person plan appropriately. So again, it's very important for us to teach natural consequences. If you read any parenting books, which again, if you need some resources on, I'd be happy to give you some, but they talk vastly about natural consequences and really learning and teaching people that natural consequences are the best form of learning. This is where we, if, if again, we continue to intervene for people's on their behalf or rescuing them or not letting this be as big of an impact. Oftentimes we see that the next time the impact is much larger. We don't wish that upon anyone and it is a natural progression. The next, the law of responsibility. We are responsible to each other, but not for each other's choices. We are not responsible for how anyone else thinks also feels right now. This one feels a little uncomfortable for often people pleasers, right? And again, this is going to feel very uncomfortable for a lot of people pleasers. Um, but the, the thought that I know I have personal responsibility. Again, if you know me, even as a therapist, it's, it is important to know what is my role? What did I do? How was I involved? And how can I change things moving forward? It's just as important to know your responsibility for your emotions as well and how they impact others. It's okay for others to not be happy with your decision. It's okay for people to have emotion around you saying no or not being able to help out. It is okay for people to be upset or let down or disappointed. It's okay. I just need to know and be responsible for each other or to each other and for the choices that I make personally. And I'm also not going to intervene again for the choices of others. This very much goes along with what we just talked about, the sowing and reaping. I'm not responsible for how you feel. I'm not responsible how you think about that. I'd love to talk to you about it, walk alongside with you on it, and I don't have to necessarily fix it or change it. The next is the law of power. We have power over some things, but not over everything. We cannot change people. They have to make the choice for themselves. This is often the hardest thing I see in counseling when someone comes to me about their partner or about their child and they say, you know, I'm gonna bring them to you. I'm gonna set up their appointment for them. I'm gonna drive them to this appointment and I'm going to pay for this appointment. And you just tell me how much of a buy-in do you think the other client, the client that they're bringing and doing all this for, you just tell me how much buy-in do you think they're going to have? Very little. Oftentimes they're there under false pretenses. You know, it's been, well, I just want you to go to this one appointment and see how it goes. You know, uh, they just want to assess you. It's It's really, again, it's interfering where you're doing all of the work. You're doing a majority of the work here and the other person does not. They don't, they're not looking for that change yet. This is hard. This is probably one of the hardest things I see in counseling. If a person does not have their own personal motivation or understanding or power to want to be there, then again, what, what am I going to do? Remember, I cannot fix people. I can walk alongside people and give you skills along the way. Again, I only have power over myself, not over you. I can't change you. You have to make the choice yourself to change. And we can talk about different skills along the way, different strategies, what works, what doesn't work. And that's super empowering to yourself. I would rather you feel empowered. Find that strength within yourself. And again, move forward. And again, not need not need me as a support to have to make those decisions for you. So I have power over some things. And I do not have power over everything. It also helps to give a lot of releasing of things. Where, you know, I only have power over myself. So let's just take care of that today, right? And then we kind of let some things go. In fact, this goes back to the please skill. Remember us reviewing the please skill and how oftentimes it's nice to just start with the basics and work from there. The next, the law of respect. If we want people to respect our boundaries, then we need to respect theirs. This refers back to the first law of sowing and reaping, respecting others. If you want respect, in return. I'm sure we've been in a situation either we've pushed on someone's boundaries or we've had others push on ours. And I do coach clients into saying that there are times and it's a very natural inclination for people to want to naturally push back. And so expect one or two at the max of are you sure. Because people just want to make sure that, are you sure this boundary is for me? Maybe I'm the exception to the rule. Or or maybe I worded it wrong the first time. And so I'm just double checking, right? And, and it's okay to have one or two of those at times. Again, that's that flexibility we're talking about. And not this black and white, the staunchness, the coldness. And... <sighs> It's really hard because we start to understand that, you know what, as I understand how important my boundaries are, I really start to respect and honor those who say no and how hard it is at times to know your limit, know when you've maxed out or this doesn't fit or I'm not the right person for this or no, we don't need that. Whatever it may be, it's important to understand and respect no's. People who don't respect your no, that is a giant red flag oftentimes. I mean, it is an absolute giant red flag. And oftentimes, you get an opportunity to test that in small arenas. For instance, um, would you please stay off my lawn? Well, are you sure? Or maybe there's a little bit of a giveaway here. No, would you please stay off my lawn? Right. And then we continue to 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 see that that person starts to test it and test it and push and push and again it's just a lawn and it doesn't sound like much and it's an opportunity for us to see how much does this person really respect my no and if they don't respect it in these areas how am i going to trust them when any, with anything even bigger like Do you mind watching my child for 10 minutes? I mean, that feels like a giant loop or jump. And it's very true. I I start to question your motives and question your thought process. The next one, the law of motivation. This is a great one because we are free to say no. We do not have to say yes. Another way that they say that is that I want to wholeheartedly be able to say yes. So therefore, I wholeheartedly say no. There's a lot of beauty in that statement. When I wholeheartedly say yes to something, I'm motivated. I have so much more follow through. I don't resent you or the relationship or the job that that you're asking me to do. In fact, I put so much more into it. I respect you. I'm responsible I'm motivated again all of those things they they start to build on each other and it feels so good to say yes to the things I want to do versus a forced no or a forced yes I should say is so uncomfortable for instance a forced yes in our business is I can't pay my bill right And so then there's this forced opportunity to say, okay, either I forgive it, or do I send it to collections, or do I take what you have? Remember, it's, I mean, there's a lot to it in this business, things I learned very early on in this business. And then it doesn't feel good when I freely want to do a pro bono case, right? And I see that there's a client who is wholeheartedly wanting to be there and work hard, and I want to wholeheartedly give up my time and my resources to also pour into this person, right? Versus a forced situation where we again have to be put in that, and it just feels bad. Resentment builds, and the person feels devalued in their work. There are so many things that start to add up over time, and it it just it's not a good place to be and then oftentimes we we dismiss the client or the client stops coming and that feels terrible it often feels unethical um and and that's why again i have chosen to have very good boundaries up front so that nobody has to be put in that situation and Again, we get to treat people and meet people where they are. The next is the law of evaluation. Remember to evaluate the pain our boundaries may cause others. We don't need to say yes in place of false guilt. Again, this is a position where oftentimes we say no and we feel terrible. And then we feel like, okay, fine, I'll just do it. Again, we, we uh, come back on what we... We're saying, and we don't hold strong to our boundary. It is important to remember that again, with evaluation, is two things. Number one, it's not only evaluating that us saying no might cause someone to be somewhat upset. It also might cause, um, you know, a little bit of of some pulling away, and that's okay. That's all right. Often, the law of ev- evaluation also plays roll into how much of a give have I been giving right I've been gentle interested validating and I've had an easy manner to what point have I been too flexible do I need to reevaluate how much I've, I've been giving to this relationship and start to pull back and string strengthen those boundaries uh, the next one the law of product proactivity We act to solve problems based on our values, wants, and needs. Be proactive about seeking change in your life. The proactivity is, again, a way that we pull in DBT and what we've been going over in our other podcast, and we talked about values. Now, remember, we have a values assessment on our blog, on our website. It's a great way to kind of give words to what your actual values, wants, and needs are. And once we know what those are, then I'm so much more apt to be proactive about honoring those values more and more. And so a family and faith or education or passion, whatever it may be that are some of my values, I want to problem solve and be proactive rather than reactive and say those things are not getting the weight or... They're not getting, uh, they're not being honored the way that they need to be. And so again, being proactive is yet another way we set a boundary. And then I can say, you know, yes to those things first, right? And then I can start to add things in later that might fill in or I might have time or extra resources for. But again, if I, if I'm proactive, I know what my values are. I know what my wants and my needs are. I get to deal with those first and then I'm a much more well-rounded, happy person to want to say fully yes to anything else because I've taken care of myself first rather than telling everyone else yes first and then neglecting myself. And then I become mean and rude and (sighs) things that are against my values. The next, the law of envy. If we focus our outside of our boundaries onto what others have we will not receive what we really want envy puts us in a state of discontent and steals our peace I love that it is important to focus on what we have and who we are I use the saying consistently stay in your lane know what you have what you're doing And what your goals and your life is. When we look outside of that and we start to compare ourselves to the other, then yes, we are robbed so much of our joy and our peace. And so it's nice to see and have other goals or associations or talk to. But remember the law of envy builds oftentimes of fear and it builds often on a scarcity versus if we realize that what we have is enough and there's plenty to go around, then we're so much more apt to be okay with what others are doing or whatever their lifestyle is, whatever it may be, and I get to stay in my lane and and set a better example in my lane. The next, the law of activity. We take the initiative in setting limits. Avoid passivity especially when setting boundaries. So what this is referring to is, again, I'm not gonna passively set boundaries. I'm not gonna just let things happen and let boundaries just set themselves. That in itself, again, is, it's almost like a passive-aggressive type of approach. Yet, if I'm active, and I understand my wants, my needs, my values, I understand my lane, then it's so much easier to be able to be like, you know what, I'm going to set limits on those things. Because I I know what I have left over and how much I'm willing to give. And so if I set limits and I say, okay, I can be a troop leader one day or one evening a week, and I'd like to share this responsibility with someone else. And so then we reach out and we try and say, know, is there another night that someone else could help out with that? Again, we set an initiative and we don't backslide on them. We avoid passivity and we don't just go, I guess I can be troop leader. And, and then we don't set any kind of boundaries. We set an expectation and we are very clear about that. There's nothing wrong setting an expectation and if it doesn't work out that way then I at least set an expectation and I was a people are now aware of what I can and can't do my time limits my dedication whatever it may be and they still know that I want to be a part of it yet sometimes that time frame just might not work out it's just so much cleaner and again this is this goes into the next one And it's the law of act of exposure. And the law of exposure is about communicating your personal boundaries to each other so that everyone knows what to expect and where to draw the line. So while setting limits, I'm telling people, this is, this is where I'm at. This is what I can and cannot do. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. You're setting an expectation and you're allowing people to, uh, now know what your limits are. The exposure piece is so important. If we go back to cognitive distortions, this is where people can't read your mind. They're, you know, you have to tell them what your boundaries are. You can't assume that they know your schedule. Well, I'm here every Tuesday at five o'clock anyways. They should know that that's when I'm available. Hmm i'm so sorry i I think most of us are so self-involved in what's going on in our lives it's really hard to keep up with everyone else's schedule and what they can and can't do so this is why it's just as important to communicate what your boundaries are what are your limits so as we went through those 10 laws and again we will have them on our blog if you need to review them but i just want you to be encouraged it's okay to say no. It's really great when you say yes and you really are passionate about it. It's exciting. It's something you don't feel forced into. There's a lot of freedom in that. And as I've explained before, there's been a lot of freedom in my own life and my own family whenever we put boundaries up. It feels safer. We feel like there's a free a freedom for sure to love and do the things and be involved and not just to say yes. So be encouraged, be fully encouraged. Well, as you know, this is not a replacement for therapy. It never is. It's an addition to (laughs) There's a lot of great resources out there and I just try my best to tie them in to to the DBT principles as best as possible. And as you can see, there's a lot of what you've learned already and how we can tie them into so many areas please get connected to a therapist in your area. More and more people are seeing people in person. And um, I'm still seeing people via telehealth. If you would like to work with me, I see people in Kansas and Missouri um, statewide via telehealth. You can check us out at Finding Middle Path. We now have interns on staff and we have great marriage and family therapists who are Gottman trained um, and have other wonderful trainings as well. They are also trauma therapists as well. We're not just strictly DBT. We're here to meet you where you are and give you the skills for life. Well, thank you so much. We will have more episodes next Friday and tune in as we talk all things DBT. Have a great day.